Hello, everybody. Welcome once again. As we continue on in a series we're doing called From Nothing to Something. And the idea from this series came from a verse in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 10, where Peter says that once we were not a people, but now we are the people of God. And I, I like the idea of, of we're moving in Christ from being nothing to something. And that in this whole first chapter, uh, Peter, the Apostle Peter has really been talking about the amazing benefits and blessings of what it means to be a Christian and, and, and a follower of Christ. And we're going to, if we go into chapter 2, we're going to start seeing some of the calling uh, that's on us and the, the mission and the ministry that God has prepared for all of us. But um, in this first chapter, we've talked about living hope, uh, which is kind of how he ends the, the chapter. We're going to see that in a minute. We talked about greatly rejoicing. We've talked about salvation. We've talked about loving Jesus. We've talked about grace. We've talked about being holy. We've talked about redemption. We've talked about loving well. And today we're going to talk about regeneration. Regeneration, another one of those fun church words that uh, I've been working through this uh, series that I hope you remember. So that's where we're headed. That's the intro. Transition, always a bad joke or two. And now that I have Alexa, it makes it a little easier because she tells me bad jokes. Why did the raisin ask the prune out? He couldn't get a date. It's awesome. Thank you very much. It was hard getting over my uh, hokey pokey addiction, but I've uh, turned myself around. That was Alexa earlier today. Scripture reading here on purpose, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 23 through 25. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. For all men are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord stands forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. Blessed be the Word of God. I want to talk about those uh, verses today and uh, introduce this idea and, and answer that question with the word that I gave you. Point number one is this. What is regeneration? What is regeneration? Now in this series, um, uh, and I don't always do this in series, but a lot of these sort of uh, kind of churchy words have popped up because Peter's talking about these things. And so already we've talked about justification, and hopefully you remember that, just as if I had not sinned. That's what happens when we get saved. Um, that's how God sees us. It's an amazing deal. And then sanctification, if you remember, that's the, the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes and dwells in us when we come to Christ, and um, we're being saved as He continues this work in us until the point when it's complete, uh, at which point glorification takes over. And we get a brand new body and everything is straightened out. And so we looked at those terms. We talked about redemption a couple of weeks ago, another important term. It, you know, it really means to be, uh, a, a price has been paid to redeem us from slavery uh, is what it means. We've been ransomed and the slavery we were, under, we were under was the bondage to sin. And that's been taken care of in this process. So Peter has been working through these ideas in this chapter and now um, he, he gives us this idea of what um, you need to understand is regeneration. You probably know it by some other words, but I'll give it to you in a minute. Titus 
Chapter 3, verse 5 says this. He saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. That, that rebirth there is the idea of regeneration. So to generate is to give birth to. To regenerate is to give birth to again. And that's the process. That's what we want to talk about today uh, and what this looks like. Because um, in this journey, in this walk, what needs to happen is we need to be regenerated. The other term that you might know that as is, is, is being born again. And I want to talk about where that comes from by looking at a story uh, in John chapter 3 where uh, Jesus encounters Nicodemus. And Nicodemus is fascinating because Nicodemus is a, uh, he's, he's a religious leader. He's a political leader. He has great position and power in his uh, day and time and in his community. And so um, you would look at Nicodemus and you would think that he was a very religious person. That's who Nicodemus is. Nicodemus sees something in Jesus, although the Pharisees don't care for Jesus, but he sees something, and he wants to go and talk to Jesus, so he sneaks up to him in John chapter 3 at night, so nobody else knows what's going on. And he kind of comes in and says, you know, Jesus, you, I, I think you must be a teacher from God because the things you're doing couldn't happen any other way. And here's what Jesus says to Nicodemus, John chapter 3, verse 3. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. Without being reborn, regenerated, you will never see the kingdom of God. Now, why this is so important is um, unless we have this experience and this encounter with Jesus in our own lives where we, we come and we give our lives to him and are regenerated by him, we will never experience this now and forever life that we're talking about. See, Nicodemus is a perfect example because he needed more than religion and he needed more than position and he needed more than power. What he needed, Jesus was telling him, was a life and it was a brand new life and, and he needed a spiritual life. So when we're born again, we're not getting a religion, we're getting a brand new life. We are spiritually born we are not spiritually alive until we come to know Jesus. Now, that's where people often have a, have a little bit of a struggle because some people think that they're, apart from knowing Jesus, they would say, well, I'm, no, I'm a very spiritual person. Well, the problem is that, that um, they might be a religious person of some sight, torp, type, but, but until you come to know Christ and are regenerated, uh, born again, you are not spiritually alive. And that's the issue that's happening here. Because if somebody was going to qualify for life, it should be somebody like Nicodemus. He was on top of things, solid guy, well-studied, well-respected, lots of power, lots of position, lots of authority, um, you know, leader in the established religious community today. And like Jesus looks at him and says, yeah, Nick, you're not going to make it. By, by what you got right now, you'll never see the kingdom of God. And, and so that's a huge deal. He's saying you're, you are not spiritually alive yet. Now that, the term, unfortunately, 
um, that, that term being born again has caught some bad press somewhere along the way. Have you ever had a discussion with somebody and they've, they've looked at you? I've had many people look at me and go, are you one of them born again Christians? And I'm like, there's no other kind. <laughs> but I know what they're saying. And generally what's happened is they've had some sort of encounter with somebody who has used that terminology and it has taken them aback and it's been somehow moved wrongly and they haven't understood the concept and, and what really happens is Jesus is saying unless we're born again, unless we're regenerated, we'll never see the kingdom of God. We are not yet spiritually alive. We're still spiritually dead. Um, and here's what he says in John 3, 6 and 7. Flesh gives birth to flesh but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. Because Nicodemus, in response, is, right, well, are we supposed to go back into the womb? And Jesus says, of course not. It's, it's, you're, you're, you're born of flesh, but you're not yet born of spirit. And so you need to be born again. You need to be regenerated. To be regenerated is to be spiritually born. So every person is living flesh when we're alive, but not every person is living Spirit, you're born as living flesh, but you must be born again, regenerated to be living spiritually. And when that happens, you're, you're given a brand new nature by the Spirit. See, it's not a makeover of your old nature. It's a new nature that's being formed and developed in you by the Holy Spirit. That's what's happening. That's why it's a regeneration. It's, it's not just that the, the old person is being made better. It's being made new. Uh, and, and so there's a whole new process that's taking place in you, and that's what Peter is talking about. So before that happens, before new birth, before regeneration, there is no spiritual life in us. We are simply flesh. And, and um, that may not be a popular concept, but that's what's taking place, and that's what Peter's talking about. So we all need to be regenerated at some point. And, and the way that God does that, this is point number two, is that God regenerates through His Word. God regenerates through His Word. 1 Peter 1.23 For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring Word of God. Peter is defining that imperishable seed as the living and enduring Word of God. And he goes on and he says this, verse 24 and 25. For all men are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers... And the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord stands forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. So the word of God that he's talking about here is the gospel that we talked about that had been preached to them. The good news that, that we've been reading about throughout this chapter, the, the ransom of the blood of Christ, the resurrection of Christ, the, the keeping power of God, the inheritance of God. All this good news had been preached to them, and, and the point that Peter's making now here towards the end of the chapter is that it's not like grass and flowers. It doesn't wither and fail. It abides forever. And if this word is your life, you live forever with him. That's what's taking place. It's this amazing thing. And see, the, the idea of this seed, when you're, when you're born by someone's, of someone's seed, you take on the character of that seed. It constitutes your nature. And so, so Peter wants to see that the, the seed that created us, that caused us to be born again, to be regenerated, was the word of God. 
which is imperishable, living, abiding, lasting forever. And, and therefore, that's who we are. In Christ, we're forever. And that's an amazing thing for us to grasp. That's, the, that's this amazing, um, wonderful, beautiful situation that we're having here in Christ and, and throughout this chapter is that, that when you start to think about all these amazing things, what it does to us is it gives us once again living hope. And that's how he started the chapter way back in verse 3, and we talked about it. But that's point number three for me, is that, that this creates hope in us. It's very easy um, for our hope to be sort of knocked down. It doesn't take a whole lot for us to move from being, you know, in a fairly good spot to not doing very well at all. And, and I'm often surprised at how quickly things can change. And, and really, it can be um, an email or a text message or a phone call or a headline or something happens or somebody says something or we, we see somebody and all of a sudden, we, we get this, you know, feeling of, of hopelessness. Or if it's not complete hopelessness, it's we're, we're suddenly less hopeful. But when we think about all that's happening to us in Christ, all that God has made possible for us in Christ, um, it should keep us at a place where, where we experience that living hope that, that we've been talking about throughout this series, that, that hope that's alive, that has the power to change us, that has the, the power to get a hold of us even when we start feeling a little hopeless and remind us there's nothing for me to be um, to lose my hope over because my hope is in Him and it's alive and, and I'm His forever. And he's got me. And, and everything here is temporary. And what's coming is even better. But there's going to be good times yet ahead. And, and you know, I'm going to move through this with him. And he's got me and I know it. See, and so, so we live in this place of hope. Again, 1 Peter 1.23. If you've been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God imperishable. And Peter keeps picking up on things throughout this chapter that are imperishable, things that aren't perishable. He said way back in verse 4 that our faith is not perishable. He says in verse 7 that our ransom is not perishable. In verses 18 and 19 he says God's word is not perishable. Verse 23, it lasts. It will not be proved wrong. It will stand as long as God stands. And here's the thing. Those who stand on it will not fall ever. See, that's what's so amazing about this life that we have in Him. 1 Peter 1.3 Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And that, that ultimately the goal of of God in the work of regeneration is to create in our hearts this living hope, this, this hope that never perishes, that, this hope that, uh, like our life, will go on in Him forever. And that, that as we walk in this life, we're to remember that. Peter was writing to a group of people who were being persecuted, and they were going through difficult situations. And he's, he's writing this letter to encourage them and to remind them of, of who they've come to know in Christ and what their life now means. And, and he's telling them, look, no matter what you might face in this life, you can face it 
with this living hope because you, you have it in him forever. The, the, the very seed which, which brought you life is imperishable, the word of God. And there's hope for you uh, and always will be. You have, you have all these amazing promises and, and blessings and you have his mercy and you have his grace and you have salvation. Uh, you've been justified um, and he sees you just as if you've never sinned. You've sanctified the Holy Spirit dwelling in you. You have glorification coming when you'll be with him one day and everything will be made new. You've been redeemed. You're no longer under bondage to uh, the slavery of sin. You've been set free. And, and this whole thing happens as we're regenerated, born again. So I wanted to say all that in case, just in case, perhaps you've resisted. Because it, at some point, maybe you, you had an issue with that terminology. Oh, I don't, you know, those born again people, they're not quite right. Which is true. <laughs> but but it's, it's, I don't want you to miss this because this is life because of a terminology. So if that has bothered you, here's, here's the deal. Um, Jesus was saying, you must be regenerated. And he was saying it to everybody. You, you've been generated if you're, if you're alive, but you need to be regenerated to experience the kingdom of God forever. And it, and it happens by his word, by the gospel that was preached to you, that, that Jesus came, lived a perfect, sinless life, came in a supernatural way, lived a perfect life that we couldn't, and then willingly went to the cross on our behalf and gave his life for ours. And he died, and he was buried, and then he defeated death, and he rose again. And now in that, we can have life reconciled to God. But, but we have to take that in. We have to be regenerated. We have to believe in our hearts and confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord. And that's the process. And so, so you know, I just want to float this out to you. Being like Nicodemus isn't enough. Being a, a good person, a, a, a leader, a kind person, a, a religious person, all those, those are good things to be, but, but it's not enough. You have to be regenerated. You have to be born again. And so if you've never taken the, the time, and some people may grow up in a way that they've never even thought about it, um, and maybe thought that they were good and fine and okay, but, but just maybe if you've, if you've never had that sort of sink in, your part, your, your heart is to respond. And, and we do that with, with a prayer that just says, you know, God, ah, I'm, I get it. My own good works and my own life will never be enough because I've sinned. And, and so, Lord, I come to you and I ask you to forgive me. And, and Lord Jesus, would you come into my heart and life to me, my Lord and Savior? I believe that you died for me, that you took my sin upon you, that you defeated death and rose again. I believe that you're Lord. Would you come and be my Lord? And, and if you've never done that, do it. Best decision you will ever make. It's not a label thing. You don't have to. It's just, it's just knowing in your heart that you've made that right with him so that you can experience life with him forever. And so if you, 
you can pray that. It's a prayer you can pray by yourself. You need help, I would be happy to pray with you. But, but you pray that, and you make sure that, that you understand what that means and what those terms mean and how important it is to be regenerated and that the process was that prayer. And, uh, and you guys take it from there. And I'm going to end there for today. If you're watching my video, thank you so much. Um, we'd love for you to come and visit. When you get a chance, come and see us. If you need prayer, go to the website. There's a prayer page, and we would be happy to pray for you. And we will see you soon.